For anyone that doesn't know me, um, I'm Andy, as Jan said. Um, we, this is going to be really fun this morning um, because uh, we, we were just kind of preparing during the week and it just felt God wanted us to do this together. So you're going to hear from me and then Joanna and then me and then Joanna. So it might feel a little bit like um, four messages in one morning, which is a little bit crazy. So we did ask God and we said, God, are you really sure about this? Because <laughs> it seemed a bit crazy. And he said, yeah, so that's, that's where we're here. Um, doing what God said, which is a good place to be. So, um, uh, we may run over a little bit. We'll see how we got on. We've got a new format in the morning, um, which is really good, and we're just tweaking the um, uh, tweaking that as well. So, okay. Um, I want to uh, read a story first of all of um, freedom um, from Acts chapter sixteen. Um, it's a story that you will. Um, probably know it's when Paul and Silas are put in prison. Um, to give you the context, they're in Philippi and um, they, uh, they've upset some people basically, which is kind of going to happen. I don't know if anybody ever upsets people, but um, it's going to happen. They um, set a, a girl free um, who had been fortune telling for her masters and uh, they realized, wait a minute, we're not going to make any money. This, this, is, this is no good. They dragged Paul and Silas to the authorities and people turned against them and they sentenced them to go in prison. They beat them, badly beat them and put them in prison. So they've just been beaten and they're just in prison. They've been put in the inner prison um, in chains because the jailer was told, make sure these guys are, um, are well uh, imprisoned. Okay, so let's pick up. If you've got a Bible and want to look at it from verse 25, this is the New King James I'm reading, so if you want to look at yours and ignore me, if yours is different, that's not going to offend me. Or if you want to ignore yours and listen to me, I don't mind. Okay, tw 25 on. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we're all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then he spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour um, of the night and washed their stripes. Immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when he brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Okay, uh, that's a really cool story. Um, there's a, a bunch of stuff I love about this. The reason I'm picking this today is because, I, well, I kind of feel like if you were awake during the worship and during that testimony, you have received the bulk of what me and Joanna are going to say this morning, which I think is really cool. The reason I've chosen this is because I think we are coming into a season of seeing more in terms of like fruitfulness, like people connect with God um, and um, become believers and join his family. 
I love this because it was the jailer and his whole household. All, everybody who lived in his house, his wife, his kids, maybe other people. And I am mega excited and expectant that we are going to see that. So um, more families, more kids, kids team, more kids. The, this, is, this is where we're going and this is what I'm seeing. And um, I think there's a, like a challenge to be expecting that because we are seeing fruit. We are seeing awesome stuff happen. We are seeing people encounter God. But I think we're going to see more and more of that, that, that see people connect with God. Um, uh, I, I think that there's a key in this story for us in this like journey of, of people connecting with God. Um, really, one of the keys I'm looking at is, is the miracle. But interestingly, I'm not looking at the miracle of the doors opened and the, the chains fell off. I'm looking at the miracle of the fact that when that happened, they didn't do what they should have done, right? They stayed. Now, this happened already. You can read a few chapters before. Peter, the chains fell off, the doors opened, and Peter got out of prison. That's the deal. Like, we are not hanging around. We've just been beaten. This is not a good place to be. We are off. What about the jailer getting killed? Hey, no bother. That happens. See, when Peter got out of prison, Herod put the jailers to death the next morning. Right? So, hey, it happens. What the miracle is that they stayed and they, they were in a situation that demanded a fear response. Let's get, look, God's done a miracle. Let's get the heck out of here. They did not focus on the miracle. They focused on God and they focused on love and they chose a response of love in a situation that really should have had them responding in fear. That for me is a miracle. This morning's worship was all about love. And, and this really is a, a, a key uh, for us in seeing people come into connection with God. Um, we, we bring people into what we have. Now, when you read what happened with the jailer, he should have been in a place of fear as well. What the heck was going to happen to him in the morning when the, when the magistrates and authorities found out that he'd taken these people in, like, attended to their wounds and fed them. That was not okay. That's not what he'd been told to do. Okay? So he should have been a bit scared about what's going to happen. And Paul and Silas have said, hey, listen, we're here. We're not going anywhere. But at any moment, they might go something. They might just scarper. Oh, you've tended to our wounds. Awesome. You fed us. Awesome. See you later. They stayed till morning. So all during the night, at any point, from midnight till morning, that's a, that's a while, the jailer had a lot of time to be scared. Right? He came to them in trembling, but he wasn't scared. It says that him and his family were saved and baptized, and he fed them, and he rejoiced. So at a moment when he should have been scared, he rejoiced too. That's exactly what Paul and Silas had and what they did. In their circumstance, it was not pretty, they prayed and worshipped and praised God in the prison. Um, and then it says that this jailer did the same. He rejoiced. Now, what's interesting for me, when you look at the word rejoice, um, there's, there's two Greek words for rejoice used in the New Testament. One is used most of the time, and it roughly translated means to be glad. This is not that word. It's the one that's only used a few times, okay? The word is uh, agaliao, 
which is made up of two Greek words. One means um, much, and the other means to jump, leap, or spring up like water springs up. So this is something that springs up from the inside. It's not an emotional response. I don't know who was here last week and heard Andy talk about joy. I think there's something God's speaking to us about this. This idea of rejoicing comes from inside. Luke 10 is another place where this word is used, and it says that uh, Jesus um, rejoiced in his spirit as he prayed. So this is, a, this is a spiritual encounter that they brought the jailer and his family into that was not dependent on circumstances. So Paul and Silas could rejoice and have joy in a place that, that was not a happy place. So like you don't, you don't need to be happy to rejoice. I might be repeating some of what Andy said last week. I didn't hear all of it, unfortunately. So, um, but we bring people into something that we have, and I think it's a freedom from fear that I'm going to talk about a little bit more um, later on. Um, and uh, the things that happen when we um, live in that place of freedom, um, one is we upset people. I've said that already. If we know we're going to upset people and we're ready for it, we, we don't actually need to be upset by the fact we've upset people. Does that make so? Let, we're going to expect that. The second thing is they, they created an environment round about them. What happened to the other prisoners? What, did, did they, they didn't flee. What the, what, that, that doesn't, I, I don't get that. So they were in awe of the miracle, but I think they were also captured by an environment of love and safety that Paul and Silas created round about them because of their connection with God. You will have an influence on whole environments like in your workplace, in business, anywhere in your school, you will have that influence on the environment. And the third thing is you will bring people into the freedom that you have. Okay? Right, that's me for the first part. I'm going to pass over to Joanna to talk about our life's focus on God, like Paul and Silas had, and um, where our focus is and where our focus can be. Joanna. Thank you. So, hi, I'm Joanna, and I'm Andy's wife, and Andy is my husband. Um, and, yeah, when Andy talked with me about um, what he was going to be talking about, and it related so much to so much of what God had been speaking to me about recently, that's, I think, when we realized that this, this needed to be a joint message. Um, so I'm going to talk, being me, which is different to Andy, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what's been going on behind the scenes um, or what goes on for us behind the scenes. Um, hopefully it will be helpful to you. You know, as a, as a mum of four kids, then quite often what you do is behind the scenes, but that doesn't stop it being incredibly, incredibly important and incredibly valuable. Often what is hidden um, is some of the most important stuff, isn't it? So I'm going to talk about what goes on inside. Um, so, I have a question that I've been asking myself recently, which is something along the lines of, what is my normal, and is it him? Um, following on from that, and relating to what Andy's just been talking about, I've been thinking, you know, when I see a miracle, 
when I hear of a miracle. You know, we've heard about Paul and Silas here. We hear testimonies. We've heard testimonies this morning. Um, we see stuff on Facebook. You know, we, we hear of miracles all the time. When, when I become aware of a miracle, what is it that I love? Is it what happened just? Or does it bring me into a love encounter with the God that performed the miracle? Do I see him? Paul and Silas didn't stop at seeing the miracle as a disconnected experience. They saw and heard from him, and they lived from that connection. When I give one of my kids some chocolate, sometimes they just see the chocolate. (laughs) Sometimes they see that it's me giving them the chocolate. The mum that they have a relationship with. Now, this isn't a perfect analogy, but I think when they are seeing not just the chocolate, but they are seeing me, that makes, that makes more, more to it. There's more depth to the gift because it's no longer just a thing, it's part of a relationship. So I love miracles because of the God that I already see and know because they reveal his nature to the world, and because I am so (laughs) amazingly addicted to him and who he is, that I get really excited to see his nature demonstrated to the world, and people touched by that. So I love God more than I love the miracles, because he is the purpose and the meaning of the miracles. So that really brings me on to my point just now, which is, maybe you've heard this before, it's all about him. It's all about him. Um, I've been told before, perhaps, that I have a one thing call on my life. So maybe that makes it easy for me, although I'm not, not so sure. Um, but I do, I really have a passion to know him and to make him known. Um, sometimes I think that's why I don't always feel like I need to do very much. Because I don't really care about the doing. I don't need to do, I need him. And I need to be with him. Um, I'm aware that there's an unhealthy side to that, and you're all welcome to come and psychoanalyze me afterwards, but <laughs> maybe not. Um, if, if you dug down to my deepest inner passion, it would be to connect with him. It would be to live in him, to be in him, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Um, and you know, when I was thinking about one thing, that, that's the verse I was thinking of, but then worship just reminded me, hang on, one thing remains. One thing remains, love. And who is love? Him, God. So it's, it, it just is all about him. Um, and actually, I would suggest that anything that, that does not happen from that place of connection with him runs the risk of being burned up like the hay and the straw. In 1 Corinthians 3, just saying. Um, it is also likely to lead us to a place of stress or disconnection, depression, addiction, all these things. Strong words, but actually, I think these things manifest in, in most of our lives at times if we're real about it. So, hey, we all know that, don't we? We know it's all about him. We sing it. Do you remember that song? It's all about you, Jesus. Am I showing my age? <laughs> I won't, I won't give you the story about when I led worship and got the, the words the wrong way around. But. <laughs> Someone wasn't in the zone at that point. Um, 
you know, the, the Sunday school story, well, I don't quite get the question, but I know Jesus is the answer. We, we all know that. But, you know, I've been thinking, and my kids, my kids are just such a great way to hear from God. Kids say the craziest things, don't they? I, I haven't looked up examples because I know you've, you've all got access to the internet, so I'm sure you can find many crazy things that kids have said, but um, does any parents ever struggle to get their kids to listen to them? Yeah, not just me then. <laughs> um, so I actually, I tried this out one day, um, and I'd asked the kids, I don't know what it was, you know, can you, can you put your shoes away, or can you hang your coat up, or tidy up the toys, or, or whatever it was, just absolute blank, I, I'm not, this is not working, I'm not getting there, um, so I tried something else, does anyone want a biscuit? Oh my, seems like their ears did work, <laughs> funny. Yeah. So um, another day, I think, I had a similar kind of issue with one of my kids who's very good at being honest. Um, and when I did finally get their attention, they, they just came up with this great one-liner. Sorry, Mum, I was just ignoring you by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute classic. Absolutely brilliant. I did ask them before I could share it. Um, but it absolutely struck me. So amusing, so honest. But it started me thinking about what we ignore by accident sometimes. And that often I do, I ignore God by accident until something that's big enough or scary enough or challenging enough or exciting enough comes along and grabs my attention back to him. Anyone want a biscuit? So I'm going to leave you there, actually, with those wee thoughts. I'm going to hand back to Andy. Um, That is me setting the scene, if you like. And I'll talk a bit later about how. That's what we all want to know, isn't it? How is it all about him? How, how, do, we make it, how do we do that? Awesome. Okay. Um, this uh, living, living in that place um, that, that we're talking about, it, it, it's, it's a place of freedom. It's a place of living in the love of God, remaining in, in his love. Um, and that's what John is talking about, is being in this zone place all the time. Um, and um, Paul and Silas not missing the jailer who could have been missed because they, 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 they were just in that place of, of love and ready to, to not ignore God by mistake and notice what he was doing in the midst of this crazy miracle because their connection was a deep connection with God. N- none of us mean to get into... A mess by accident, by on on purpose. So you know, behind the scenes. So you know, I I have found myself over the last while, over the last few years, probably at times in places of stress and places of depression and places of whoa, I am working through some stuff here. Like like we said a couple of times today, the battle is for our identity. That that is what's always going on. It's what it. it it even went on for Jesus, I think. The, the enemy said to him, are you really who, are you really the son of God? If you're the son of God, then do this. The enemy challenged his identity, so it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. Like That's going to get thrown at us. Um, and this freedom from fear is a part of that that I want to touch on this morning. Um, fear has like various um, effects and various results but always 
for this identity thing. It's fear versus love. It's who are we? Are we like the song earlier on? We are children of a good, good father. It's who we are. He, he is love and he loves us. We are loved. That, that sets us free from fear. We are loved by our father. I, I was listening to um, Winnie Banoff. I don't know if any of you have heard of Georgian and Winnie Banoff. Great folks to follow and look up. She was talking about when Jesus prayed for, um, for the believers at the time and everyone who would believe afterwards. And he talked about the love that, that the Father had for him being in us and said, God, Father, don't remove them from the world, but instead protect them from, from the evil one. We, and, and God has listened to that prayer. We are protected we, we, don't, we don't need to fear. We trust in the love of God. But that takes, uh, that takes a choice. It takes working stuff out. I mean, I, I, I have worked through um, some of this and I'm working. Is, is anybody finished their journey yet? Is anybody there? Or, um, so I have been working through um, uh, who I am. And one of the things that I'd found myself doing by mistake was a very common result of fear, um, which is to run or hide. So Paul and Silas didn't run. Jesus said, you don't take a lamp and put it under a bowl. You let the lamp shine. Why did he say that if he didn't think some of us were going to have a tendency to hide? Um, and that started in the Garden of Eden, but I, I don't know if that's another, that's another sermon. <laughs> that's another talk. Um, but um, that, that hiding, um, what, if, if, you, if you read the Bible about all the people through time who have come into their destiny and, and, and calling and seen some amazing things happening, you would think that being scared and wanting to run away was a prerequisite for coming into your calling and your... So what I want to encourage us with this morning, I believe God really wants to encourage us that, that he meets us at wherever we are. He meets us in our place of fear. He meets us in our place of hiding. He meets us in our place of pain. He is not waiting for us to be, be perfect and then meet with us. This is a point of the God of love, the God of grace, he meets us in the middle of all of that. And if, if we are not okay, it's okay. We don't need to try and cover up like Adam and Eve made the fig leaves to cover up. That wasn't the plan. God sacrificed an animal to cover up them. That was the first sacrifice in the Bible. Jesus is our sacrifice. He is, we, need, we don't need to cover up anything. We can be real, we can be not okay. The love of Jesus is our covering. And do you know what? In this journey of freedom from fear, as a community, love and grace for one another is absolutely key. Is that we, we just need tons of that. And we have tons of that. And we have people come in constantly to, to, to this, this wonderful family and say this is just such a great, safe place. And it's been amazing just to come in and be myself wherever I'm at. So wherever we are at, um, however not okay we feel, that is okay. And God is meeting us and you're en route 
to standing up in your identity. Standing up in who you really are is scary because who God says we really are is flipping awesome. It's crazy. It's crazy scary. It's crazy scary. Who I am is crazy scary. I am awesome. And we don't always feel who we are. And feeling scared of who we are is part... This calling out the gold story that, that, that Dave and Joe were sharing earlier about, about um, Sophie really coming into her identity and being encouraged in who she was, that, that, is, that is it. This encouraging one another and um, not having to be scared of what anyone thinks when we say, do you know what? I'm not sure about this. I need some help. Pray for me, encourage me, and loving one another. And this is one of the keys that we'll see um, fruit. If people taste and see that God is good, apparently taste is about 80% smell. When we're not scared of anything, our lives have an aroma that is just so attractive. Some people will be drawn to it and they just can't help but come and say, what do I need to do to be saved? Okay, I don't have time to read a story. Maybe I'll share a testament another time from Sean Foyts, who does a lot of stuff out in Iraq about a guy who um, was sharing God and ISIS sent a hitman to kill him. And uh, the hitman arrived to kill him and um, dropped his knife and said, what do I need to do to be saved? That was a recent testimony from, from Iraq. So those very words are being spoken. When we are not in fear, when we know who we are, and we know that he is our father and he loves us, that has an amazing effect. Um, Joanna is going to finish today with um, something that I believe is a real key for um, living through and coming through the fear and through uh, into our identity and really bringing, bringing breakthrough. Because a breakthrough from us is not breakthrough for circumstances like the gates opening in the jail. It's breakthrough from fear. That's the real breakthrough. Um, so Joanna's going to finish today. Joanna. Thank you. So I said I'd talk about how, didn't I? How, how, how do I let Jesus drive out the fear? How do I trust him? How do I let him love me? How, how do I let him meet me? Um, so you know we have a will. Yes, free will, all that stuff. Yeah, I have a will, you have a will. Um, I won't, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll cut that back. But talking to your six-year-old about um, things is, is a challenge. If, <laughs> if your child asks you to explain something, then you really know if you get it or not. Um, but um, I have a great quote here from Chris Vallotton back in July. Um, actually, I'd encourage you to go look it up because there's, there's a good video that goes along with it too. Um, but he says, I know so many people who read self-help books or meet with life coaches but don't see real breakthrough. So what's the problem? Trust me when I say those things are all good. However, they often just fall short of making a lasting impact. Resources may influence you but they're likely not going to change you. But don't get discouraged. The truth is, if you're trying to change your life, you can literally do it right now. That's right, you actually have everything you need right now to make a difference in your own life. You see, thriving has much more to do with your willpower 
than your circumstances and even your thought life. I believe that aligning our own wills with the will of God is the most empowering and lasting way to change our lives for the better. So that's Chris. Sometimes I think we just need to remember that we have a will and that we can actually manage ourselves. And many of us know that Danny Silk talking about how on a good day I can manage me. Um, fruits of the Spirit. Well, self-control might not be the most exciting one there, but it's in there. Um, to the degree that we value freedom, we must also value self-control, or it just doesn't work. So I am not constrained by others, but I choose. I use my will to constrain myself, because not everything is beneficial. 1 Corinthians 6. Um, and our wills can be damaged, as can all parts of us, but we know a great healer. And I believe that the healing comes, it does come with the understanding of how we've been abused or how we've been coerced, how we've been fed lies. But it also comes as we use our will to align with truth. With the truth that the past doesn't have to affect the choices we make today. It doesn't have to affect what we align with now. Now, I'm not saying it's not a process. and I'm definitely still on the journey. But I do feel that sometimes we, are, we, we neglect the role of our will in the challenges that we face. Because nobody except you gets to choose your attitude, your behavior, and your thoughts. No matter how many unhealthy, damaged defaults you have, <laughs> no matter how hard it is, it is only you that can choose what you align your life with. Um, very quick personal story, keeping it real here. Um, when I used to go out to Silverburn or wherever it was, um, to the shops, I used to always have to get a coffee. And I would, I would think about it, and I would think how I didn't really need a coffee, and I would think how I could do with saving the money. And, you know, well, this would go on in my brain. But every time, my desire that I like a nice mocha would win over my brain trying to control me. Should doesn't work. <laughs> so what I needed to do was find the inner motivators that are inside me, and I needed to allow Holy Spirit to connect to me in that place. So more or less, I've learned to do that with the coffee. Um, <laughs> and, I, and to have my needs met in a deeper place for him. Um, that is a process, it's a conversation, and it's where I use my will to look to him and to listen to him to remind myself that he loves me, to let him remind me of what my real needs are, and then I allow him to meet those needs. It's not about desperately trying to control myself to do what I know is right. Do you see the difference? We talk about being powerful, but that doesn't mean controlling either ourselves or others. What that means is that we're fully able to and choosing to manage ourselves to manage our choices and to manage our freedoms. So before you all say, well, clearly you haven't seen my life and you must have had an easy time of it. Um, I want to just bring it back to what I was saying. It's all about him. How do I connect to him? Him who is my answer, him who is my healing, him who is my solution, him who is my life, him who lives in me. Well, I can... I can connect to God from two kind of places. Well, I can try. So I just, here's number one, right? Number one sounds something like this. I really need to get to God. I need to get there somehow. Okay, how, how do I get there, right? Okay, I'll put on some worship music. 
good thing to do. I'll, I'll lie down and I will wait until he turns up. I'll read my Bible. I, I will get there. Okay, that's number one. Number two looks a little bit more like this. So let me remind myself again that I'm his and that he's in me. Yeah, I'm his. <laughs> he's in me. He loves me. He accepts me and his powers at work within me. And I'm looking at him and I'm seeing how amazing he is and how incredible he is. He's powerful. He's gentle. He's strong. And I'm starting to feel his presence. I'm starting to feel his presence and I'm praying myself happy. <laughs> how? By looking at him. By looking at him. So the primary role of my will is constantly to refocus myself on him. And you know that's what we do, isn't it? We do it when we connect in worship. We do it when we pray for people. We, we, we look to him. And what if we did that more? <laughs> what, what if our refocusing and our use of our will to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, was a day-by-day, hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute journey into love and presence and adventure and fun. What if? That's, that's my challenge to me just now. Maybe you'd like it to be your challenge to you too. But you know, in some ways, it is an easy challenge because it really is just a process of learning to refocus of learning to hear and see more deeply, of learning to to love ourselves out of religion and performance and into identity and relationship. And Jesus has already done it. (laughs) So good. So good. Um, I tried out some new contact lenses the other day. And they'd made a mistake and they got just slightly the wrong prescription. Not very wrong. So put them in. Hmm. I haven't worn lenses for a while. Maybe, maybe this is, no, oh, it's just it's not quite right. It was really odd. It wasn't like, you know, take my glasses off, can't see past here. You know, I'm, I'm used to that when I wake up in the morning or whatever. Um, I could see, but it was just not quite right. And I had to kind of concentrate to, to stand up or to pick something up. I could see the signs across the room, and they looked like I should be able to read them. I could see, but I just couldn't quite. I just couldn't quite make it out. So then I went in and I said, oh, you know, I'm not sure if these numbers on the packet are quite right. And the lady was like, oh, no, they're not. And we sorted it out. But my point is, let's wear the right lenses. And who puts your lenses in? You do. You choose what you look at. So let's wear the lenses that say, hey, world, look at my gods. (laughs) Look at him. Look how amazing he is. You know, I'm his. I'm totally his, and I am loving life. No, really. I'm not devoid of trouble. I think someone said, in this life you will have trouble. (laughs) But, you know what they said next? Take heart, I have overcome the world. Who wants to be an overcomer? The God who lives inside of you has overcome the world. He really has. And as we live from that place of his presence and his truth, then we too overcome. And I have a suspicion that life could be a lot more fun along the way too. So I'd just like us to pray. 
Do you want to pray too? Andy? Ah, let's pray. Father, we are so happy that we are your children. That you hold us, you cover us, you love us. That you have set us free from fear and shame. You've set us free from needing to run and hide and strive. And Father, just now we choose with our will to focus on you. And we choose to let go. And we choose you. We choose to look at you. We choose to live in you. We choose to hold on to you and to let you embrace us. And we choose to realign our attitudes and our perspectives to focus on you. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. We welcome your presence in us and with us as we journey deeper into you. Father, thank you. And I thank you that you're going to be with us every step of every day as we learn how to see you in everything, everywhere. Amen. Amen.